Okay, okay, welcome back. This is uh, another episode of The Create Show. Uh, this is your host, Eric Campbell. So glad to be here. Thanks for joining us again. Got a very, very cool show uh, today. Uh, I'm joined by Morier and Monet Chandler, who you're going to meet, who are uh, actresses that you've seen in a number of places. I'm going to tell you their uh, bio in a second, and then I'm going to introduce you to them. Uh, I just want to give a quick second to talk about what we're here for. This is the Create Show. This is your home for everything about creativity. This is where we uh, learn how to be productive, how to be prolific, how to take our gifts in whatever area we are, whether we're whether you're a musician or actors or whether you do pottery or whether you write screenplays or books. Uh, I am a firm believer that creativity is an essential part of our life. It's actually the thing I believe that connects us and ties us to God who's the ultimate creator and we're made in his image and this is our our ultimate gift and the ultimate representation. So my passion is to kind of infuse, help everyone understand and find the creativity. And even if you don't use it full time, even if it's not your vocation, it should be some part of your life, whether you come back from your full time job and you come home and sketch and draw at night or do poetry or make it some part of your 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 daily life. So that's the Create Show. We are coming to you from Southwest Atlanta and the Dunbar Recreation Center. I want to thank the Music Education Group for letting us use this uh, facility. And uh, we're real excited to be here. I want to give a shout out to uh, E, who is working the engineering, uh, assisted by Noreen. I want to thank them for all of their work. Uh, and all right, so let's jump into it. Um, I have the twins, Morier and Monet. Let me see if I'm looking the right way. Morier? No, no wrong way. <laughs> Morier on my left, Monet on my right. They look exactly alike. Okay, They're dressed dress. exactly alike, and I'm going to be confused for the rest of the show. But that's fine. Um, so they are um, actresses. I'm a, I'll say what I know, and then you can fill in the gaps and tell me what I don't know. But you have okay. seen them on, on seen them or one of them on Star, American Crime, um, Atlanta. Crooklyn, and we're going to go back into the, more of the filmography, but um, been doing a lot of work, very, mm -hmm. uh, very hard work, originally from Texas? Yes. What part of Texas? Dallas. Well, actually born in Houston, but spent a lot of time in Dallas. Okay. And then been in Atlanta for how long? Coming up on three years in May. Wow, three years in May. Mm -hmm. A lot of work in three years. Um, <laughs> we came here and just hit the ground. We said we had to, to pick back running. up. Very nice. Oh, yeah. So, so pick back up, because you started as... Child actresses, right? Did. Mm -hmm. Barney Show was that your first? Or? No, Crooklyn was Crooklyn our first. Was the first. Crooklyn was before Barney. Oh mm -hmm. wow! Okay, so tell and me about that. Tell me how that started. I was gonna say, actually, how we got started with Crooklyn was we were part of Barbizon Modeling Agency at what? We were like six or seven, maybe. You okay. And <laughs> they had at the end of the class, you get a big. Um, there's a big pageant, um, state competition, upstate in New York. And so we went up there, we won a bunch of awards for modeling as kids, and they told us you should come back over the summer and sign with an agent and see how well the girls do. And that's what my parents did. My mom took off. She stayed with us for three months in New York wow. over the summer. And we got an agent acting, agent, talent agent out there. And the last part of the summer, the only 
job we really booked was Crooklyn. Crooklyn. <laughs> and but, that's where it went from there. And funny story, um, the casting director for Crooklyn at the time was Winsome Sinclair. I don't okay. know if you know her. But um, here recently, last year, for Napoli Ever After, which Mari was on, she casted Mari out of Na- for Napoli, and mm-hmm. she recognized her. She oh, read wow. it. Where's your twin? She actually read it on the resume, which is good. Why you always put your name. stuff on your resume yeah. of the things you've been in? And she said, "Crooklyn." She said, "You you were in that." I said, "Yeah, I was in there with my twin sister." She says, "I remember you two. That is very cool. Mm-hmm. So it's like full circle. Yeah, things and good happen. relationships, good <laughs> work. So very nice. All right. So what led? So even as, as child, what led? Were your, either of your parents, were they in the business? or So what led them to get you started so young? So both were kind of in the business. Mom was a model, okay. but then she stopped. Um, Dad was a singer. Okay. So he was signed to Epic Records. He has a good song. They, um, it's actually on YouTube. We found it. Mm-hmm. But um, he actually stopped so that he could pour into us um, a little bit more so we could fulfill our dreams, I guess. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so he stopped, which I hate because, I don't know, I think it was more of a support my family type of thing. Yeah, no, that's know. girl. That's, that's a great sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And then look, it's born fruit. So that's, right. that's, yeah, that's <laughs> right. great. So artistry is in our family. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. So uh, since we talked, I want to tie all these questions back to the creative process. So even back then, you know, as, you know, starting as at six, you're not necessarily thinking, you know, in terms of long-term career, or were you? And are you thinking of, of process at that time? Are you thinking of how to be the best? Are you thinking of how do I study? Like, are your parents kind of giving you the steps that you need to take? Like, how did your process start that early? I've often sat back and thought about it. Is it we're, as kids, did we really want to do this? Was it something that we chose to do? Um, and I think a lot of it is we were kind of led into it, but our parents let us try several different things, whether it was ballet and tap dancing or modeling or sports. We did a whole bunch of things, and we just kind of honed in on acting after mm-hmm. Crooklyn. And then we came back that summer. I think maybe that next spring we booked Barney and Friends. So we were on there for about four years. Oh, wow. Um, and that was through an open casting call that we went to. And I think that just kind of... St- it's it um, developed a passion for us for acting and I think we just enjoyed being different characters mm-hmm. and in different costumes especially on Barney but I remember our parents dressing us up as um, Ray Charles <laughs> for Hit the Road Jack I was I think Ray, Ray Charles, Charles and, and I was, was one of the background girls <laughs> background singers so I mean we just enjoyed being in the costume and okay. entertaining people but then around the house we were playing with Barbie dolls and toys and you know, creating scenes and stories there. Okay. So I think that kind of said, they kind of spurred, okay, wait a minute. Uh, Maybe you guys should go into acting. The the imagination was there. there. That's the word I'm trying to find. Very nice. Okay, so then how did that lead into the discipline of, because, you know, even on Barney, there were lines to memorize, I'm sure, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did it give you lines or was it like just painting a scene like for kids, I don't know how kids' shows work. So. No, they're no. scripted. It's okay. scripted. Mm-hmm. And we had a choreographer that taught us how to dance. We would go to a meeting every week to go over our lines and make mm-hmm. sure we inflected and expressed them okay. the way they wanted. Um, mm-hmm. They worked with us. So how? Do, so your process, take me back to your process then. Were you in 
school at the time? Were you in New York? So did you go, you, you relocated to New York? You in, went to school there? Or? No, we did that for three months, and then we came back to Texas. Okay. And I think right after that, we got Barney. And um, actually, we were living in a small town called Corsicana, Texas, and we had to travel back and forth to Dallas, where they filmed Barney. They, oh, they filmed it in Dallas? Um, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. Okay. They did. Irving, Texas. Uh-huh. So they actually would, we would get our schoolwork from our home school, and they had a teacher on set okay. for all the kids, all ages. You bring in your work, and actually the teacher will just go through it with you. Were you always homeschooled or just as things got picked up for? No, we for were still in school. Full, we did it all the way through eighth grade. They yep. just would give us our schoolwork, and we would do it there on set. Gotcha. So we never really went homeschooled. We were still mm-hmm. in school. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Very, all right. So... Then the actual process of learning the lines and like, so I mean from the musician side, I think when I you know I started playing instruments when I was six, so I so I started young there, and then my mom you know she could see my passion, but she was also the disciplinarian, so she made sure came home from school I knew I had two to three hours of regular you know practice my drums for thirty minutes, practice the piano for thirty minutes, like I had. You know, play, put on records and play to them for another 30 minutes. So I, I had a routine that was set up. Did your parents give you a routine or had it with like learning these lines? Who, who presented, provided that structure? Oh, you're taking me back, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> taking me back. I'm trying to see, do, I'm sure we sat down and had that time to study our scripts. And I probably even helped you go over your lines. We always go through our lines together. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's just you're rereading over the script several times, and then I would give her her cue lines. I don't remember how. You know, by the time we they, probably were di- more disciplined ourselves. You got to you do probably it. have some learning because we're, we've been so into the books and so um, structured ourselves. Mm-hmm. that I think a lot of it, mom and dad just let Mona and I do it because we had each other. She's very self-driven. Mm-hmm. We always knew when you get home from school, you do your schoolwork. If you got lines, you learn your lines. Um, you have chores. We, we did have some chores <laughs> <laughs> on Saturdays, though. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, Friday was clean-up day for me. Mm-hmm. hated that. So yeah. But I, I don't think it was, I think it was more so they allowed us to form our structure yeah. and our discipline of how we wanted to learn everything. Okay. And so well, we kind of sure knew what we had to do Very from nice. a young age. All right, we're going to take a small break, and then oh. I'll come back. We're going to continue this trajectory I want because uh, we went, I want to talk about how we went from acting into your former, uh, no, former or current, but professional careers, and then mm-hmm. back into acting. So I want you to kind of guide me through that, and then we're going to talk more about your current creative process of how you prepare kind of for work. Mm-hmm. All right, so stay tuned to the Create Show. We will be right back. Just step 
Create Show with Morier and Monet, Chandler, um, actresses, and they're talking about the creative process. They're talking about how they kind of got started as child child actresses, and then now, bef- um, between then and now, uh, you got in school, and you both became doctors. Mm-hmm. All right, doctors. So let's talk about this whole process. Doctors of... Physical therapy. Okay, so so <laughs> is this something you still do now? Like, do you practice mm-hmm. practice it now? So we do it three day, at least three to four days a week. Wow, mm-hmm. in in your own practice and uh, somebody else's no. practice or? The hospital. at the hospital. Wow, everybody wants us to get our own practice. <laughs> I, I guess it's like was two of y'all. You'd be great for it, but no, we still work at the hospital. Well, that's oh, actually, so, uh, it's a whole another set of questions. <laughs> we, just, uh, right. just the whole thing of balancing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like a professional career and a creative career, because you know, so in addition to this, I teach music lessons. I have a, I have um, um, my I do music lessons in the home around Atlanta, and I have a couple other teachers that work with me. So this whole thing of juggling, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's the issue of do I spend time kind of building or making this something more like starting your own practice, or mm-hmm. do I take that time and energy and keep putting it into my creative pursuits so that's a whole other area of thought that but that I could go into but just tell me how, how what led you down that path so you're working as you know you're doing school and you're working in and actors what led to physical therapy I'll start with we went to Booker T Washington for the performing and visual arts in Dallas Texas okay. it's a magnet school so there really we learn how to juggle schoolwork and being it, practicing your artistry Mm. Whether it was music, dance, theater, or visual arts. Um, you know that's where Erica Badu went. She no, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's from there. Nora Jones, uh, Roy, he's a big musician. I think he actually just passed. Where Roy, Roy Hargrove. Hargrove. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. And I saw his name on the Grammys the other day, and I, I think he passed. So um, I'm sad to hear that. But, yes, so we learned how to juggle both. Um, and then after that, every. The big question is, what are you going to do? Are you going to go to college for theater? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to go to college and get an actual profession? Mm-hmm. And our dad was a big stickler about getting your education and making sure you had a concrete background. Okay. You always hear that, but it's true. And we're very thankful for it that he pushed that for us to go to college and finish and get a, a concrete background. Because mm-hmm. in this industry, it's so up and down. Yeah. It's long periods of waiting and being patient that you kind of need something in the in-between times yes. to kind of supplement whether that's financially or whether that's just to get a break from this industry. Right. So I think that's what physical therapy is for us. And we were first on the doctor uh, MD track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then we kind of said, uh, we want to be a little bit more hands-on because we are creatives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we can actually create programs for people in order to get them back to their functional levels. So we decided to do physical therapy, and we always wanted to do something together because, mm-hmm. you know, we thought we'd go into business together right. at one point in time. 
So we did that seven long years, Eric. Wow. And it was a struggle. Because we still had that urge to act and that yeah. urge to be flexible with trying to get back in the business. And it's probably but hard to do that while in the midst of the studying and it the is. preparing. It was. It was. It was. So we completely degree. had to, put to it stop. On hold. Yeah. We tried one uh, Christmas break from school when we were home to get back with our agent, but she was like, it, we just can't. You can't juggle both. So you either just finish this thing and then you can have your acting career for the rest of your life. So that's what we did. That's probably really hard. Like, um, I, I know I had one period in life when um, I was in grad school here for engineering and I could not do any music probably. And I was only 12 months of 12 months program. Oh, wow. And that like killed me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. it, it, it was like, it, more than anything else, because at, you know, I did undergrad at Howard, and at Howard I was, you know, I was doing engineering, but I was in a marching band, and you know, was lots of social activities, and uh, mm -hmm. had a whole little music crew, and so I had tons of outlet. But um, here, I it was nothing but studying, and mm -hmm. the emotional burden that that, that I felt right. like I like I really it just that also helped you no know, at least for me and I think probably for a lot of people how important some creative outlet it is, is and I'm going to do a whole nother episode of show just about just how I feel like repressed creativity probably ties into things like anxiety mm -hmm. and depression, depression and all of that mm -hmm. because we You're have all these things that need to come out mm -hmm. and we don't have any right. if you don't give yourself an outlet for it even if it's not professional but just giving yourself some outlet Mm -hmm. is emotionally healthy. You know? Yeah, I think and then you also, sorry, you also mentioned that uh, just being having to juggle those things, you're like, where do I put my time? Mm -hmm. And if I put too much time into this, am I uh, leaving this part of life? Of, right. You know, act like for us, it's acting. And mm -hmm. we're like, we're devoting so much time over here, but we should be building our brand and doing other things over oh, here yeah. with our acting. Yeah. yeah. That, and then you feel guilty when you're devoting more time to one thing versus the other. It's a constant mm -hmm. dilemma. It's a constant dilemma for me today. I was just always thinking about, you know, what to do for building my finances versus what to do right. for building my brand. And they're not always the same thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Ideally, the things that build a brand should go ultimately With fuel the, to finances, right. but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that's going to get your credit card pills Bill paid hey, this right, month, exactly. you know? Right. And so um, it's, it's a, a constant struggle and dilemma. And you see more and more people having that struggle, too. You'll see more and more professionals that actually have an off-site job that they do. Creative job. Creative job. Right. That you wouldn't even think that they do. <laughs> People always tell us, oh, my gosh, you, you guys are doing too much because you exercise your left brain and you exercise your right brain. And how do you turn off the left when you're <laughs> doing the, using the right brain? But um, when we're at the hospital, I mean, we're all in with the patients. Um, we educate. We love educating them and, and seeing their progress. So, I mean, it kind of... fulfillment in that part of it, too. That's mm -hmm. really cool. So do you uh, spend time, in terms of development studying the latest techniques in your field versus study, staying abreast of what's going on in the theater field? Like, the, that, the, there's got to be a time dilemma, like, how, how to Ooh. split that. You mean versus theater versus TV and film? Yeah, because both of them, well, mm -hmm. theater, theater, the acting side mm -hmm. versus you, the um, physical therapy side, and both have a, 
I would think there's always some training aspect in terms of what the newest techniques are and what on both sides. But, and so you know, the with uh, physical therapy, you have to uh, take your continuing education classes. So okay. they make you take these classes or do something in your field. So I think that kind of gets us um, the education to stay abreast. Gotcha. Okay. And then, you know, with the acting side, we have to really watch TV, watch movies, continue um, acting classes, mm-hmm. right. workshops. I mean, we're still doing that, too, at, at this stage and in, in the level we're at right now. Mm-hmm. It's just a continuous Always process. Always continuous mm-hmm. education, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's go from that to um, at what point did you, so after getting your um, doctorate and working, how did the acting pick back up or when did it pick back up or when, when did you say, okay, we're going back into this hardcore? So I think our main goal was to get out in the field with the physical therapy, um, save up enough money to actually either move to L.A. or Atlanta. Okay. So that was our that main was goal. goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so about, after about a year and a half, we were like, okay, let's pick one. And we were all in for L.A., mm-hmm. but then we got introduced to the Atlanta market and what's going on here. So we said, huh, it's kind of close to ho- a home field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not so fast-paced. We need to get our resume built back up. We need people to know who we are now in our adult stage mm-hmm. versus our child stage. So we chose Atlanta, and we just jumped in. Very cool. I think it took, after we graduated, maybe three or four years. Because we even we, we were signed back still with our agent in Dallas. And there was there's so much moving and changing in this industry mm-hmm. that we were still learning, too, you know, what works, what's not working, how are we doing auditions now, what are headshots looking like now. Mm. Um, and social media is blowing up. It's even bigger than it was two years ago. Right. So now that's something that's growing that we're trying to learn and brand through. And, and even with auditions, we don't go in now to the casting director. We have to do everything um, by video. By video. Really? That, that's mm-hmm. more common now? Is it just it sending is. a video audition? It's quicker. It's the millennial stage. Yeah. Everything has to be quick. So they can <laughs> cast right off video or they'll see your video and then bring, they will bring you in for the callbacks. Mm-hmm. Wow, but see, okay. all of this we had to learn coming out of college because we'd just been in the books mm-hmm. and we really hadn't been in the background of, Knowing okay, the changes. How, how are you presenting yourself as an actress now? Okay. How are you finding Atlanta market? Now that you're here, you know, this is, you know so many things are filmed here. Um, Oh, we're glad because in Texas um, they lost the tax incentive to, right. for the filming. A lot of them. So that yeah. really hurt us. So we re- actually they pushed us to make a move. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we got here and saw all the stuff that was filming here, we were like, yes. And then especially for African Americans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big thing too. We realized we needed to go into a market that was big for African American women mm-hmm. and where they would be able to get roles on TV. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the shows here filmed in Atlanta offer that. Um, opportunity. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Okay, so back here full time. Let's let's dive um, into a little more of now that you're doing this. You have with all the stuff that's going on. You got a role. Talk to me. How do you pr- talk to me in terms of your creative process for the role? Pre- primarily now with preparation. How do you prepare for roles? What what's describe your process in preparation? You got a role and. <laughs> okay. The, well, the first thing you do is whenever we get something, we always read every all the information given because that will tell you a lot about preparing what you need to prepare for the role. Mm-hmm. 
Then what Moya and I do is we go down the lit, we read the script and kind of sit down and analyze what's going on in the script okay. based on environment, based on character, based on what my other character is doing, um, based on what the show is okay. and what type of aura is the show itself. So I guess we'll go and research um, even characters that we've seen like this. Mm-hmm. Um, if Angela Bassett played this in a movie, we'll see you know, go and just watch the movie and kind of get a feel of, you know, her take on it, and then we can put our take on it from a different perspective. Um, so how much leeway do you have to do this? Like, you know, you're, you're given a script, you're given a role, you're given all these constraints in terms of the scene. How much, where's the creativity coming? How much of you do you get to bring to this? And how does that normally work? Well, you really have to it's most it mostly is you um i mean it may be it may be that you're analyzing the physicality of that certain character if i'm a police officer Mm -hmm. my stature my posture that's the physicality of it will be different but But a lot of it still has to be grounded with you and who you are um and a lot of people will put on a facade and and a fake but a lot of it you have to really bring from your I want to say experiences, but it's, some people haven't always experienced that. Right. Um, and emotions have to really dig deep and find that where that takes place and who that character is for that emotion. Have for you had? You, for mm-hmm. you. Have you had? So if you're given a role, and a lot of this I'm asking because I, this is mm-hmm. this realm of creativity is new for me. Mm-hmm. So if you're given a role of something that you haven't particularly experienced mm-hmm. like you're a victim uh, you're in CSI and your your relative was just killed or something you know violently mm-hmm. it's something that you haven't personally gone through what do you do to draw the emotion to that uh, it really comes from and a lot of people think that you can just think of um, something that was painful or something that really hurt you or, or, or maybe if it was more physical, have you ever, you know... Ex- we call that substitution. Substitution. Kind of and that's an option for you. It's to an substitute, option. Try to find some kind of similar experience something similar. or something that has that same intensity uh, that you've been in before and kind of bring that into this character, this mm-hmm. role. But here lately we've been... Uh, with our acting coaches, coaches, they've been wanting us to actually go through the process of knowing what the goal is, uh, what is your objective, why are you, you know, saying what you're saying, mm-hmm. uh, why are you making those choices that you're making? Um, in terms of physical reaction, and physical reaction, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then go going back to what Mike said, we do a lot of research and observing. Or say I'm in a support group one time, I had a role for that. Uh, or an audition for that. And my acting teacher said, well, actually go find a support group and Mm -hmm. sit in the room and observe what people are, how they're sitting, how they're talking, uh, you know, what they're doing and what are they pulling, you know, where are they pulling from? Mm -hmm. I mean, you could even go to Starbucks and just sit and observe the waiters or even a restaurant. Right. Mm -hmm. And just observe them and and their interaction with the other people that Mm -hmm. they're servicing. Um, So whatever role you have, Put yourself, go put yourself in that environment. Research, Research it. Right, Research yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to be playing a musician, I'd actually either come to you and ask you the questions mm-hmm. and or sit in on a session. On a session, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. 
So, like music, you know, I think there's this, what you guys are showing me is that, you know, it's not really so clear. Everybody thinks that there's left brain and right brain, but creativity has a lot of, there's a strong analytical side to this. So mm -hmm. what you're doing, you're doing a lot of research, you're doing a lot of thinking and analyzing and um, um, kind of putting things in a logical structure, even before you get to just the creativity of emoting. Right, even before you get on right. screen, on camera. Right, right. And you people know. say, oh, okay, I'll read it. Oh, I can act this way. Well, that's great. And it's a lot of that is good for sometimes theater. Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of theater is very overly expressed. It's right. very big. But when you get to the camera, they it's just a small angle. on mm. It's more intimate. It's more intimate. Yeah. And so you really have to draw those emotions out. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so this is a good point for a break. We're going to take a short break here. And then um, we want to come back. We want to shift from um, acting a little bit into some questions I have about directing your experience with directors as well as your experience as directors. We want to talk about that as yes, well. Right. So we're going to come back with the Create Show. Uh, we'll be right back. Thank you. La, da, da. Hurt me bad, I hurt you more. We play but keep. Is this love or is it war? We started out just paper cuts. Now we got bruises and scars. How did we fall this much? If this is the only dance we know, then maybe it's better. Okay, we're back with the Create Show. Uh, so I was talking to Marie and Monet. Um, so one of the, your first your first uh, opportunity was was Crooklyn with Spike Lee uh, as director, and that, was he? Uh, I'm just oh no! Oh, oh wait! Well, hold on! Hold on! One second. Let me tell, tell me my. Let me ask this question first, and then we might have to expand this a little okay. little while. But it just made me think about because you know, uh, someone like Spike Lee, though I've, I don't know him personally, you can tell that he has his own way of doing things, and so it makes me think, as a creative your process must have to adjust for different directors and their vision. So mm -hmm. what how does how does the director different directors how does that normally affect your vision when you go in? I mean, how does that affect your process? Do you meet, meet do you take some time to understand where they're coming from? Talk me through this interaction between it's like a to me it's interesting because it's like a vision within a vision. Like Somebody has a, a higher level of vision, and you have to find your place within that vision to express mm -hmm. yourself. So, talk me through some of those thoughts. Um, with some of the roles that we get, there's there um, 
smaller that may not be the lead or the recurring role. So we really don't get a lot of time mm -hmm. uh, with the director. They'll meet with us, you know, briefly before we go on set, or they'll come to the um, the makeup area where or the trailer where we're getting makeup mm -hmm. um, and talk to us and ask us if we have any questions like that. Um, a lot of times, I'm observing how they interact with you know, people on, when I get on set, how they're interacting with the other actors okay. and then what they expect. And so that means I'll be ready so they won't have to <laughs> yell at me or I can just be more prepared. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times when we get to set, a lot, you know, they'll go through a take and you'll perform and go ahead and do what you have prepared. Mm -hmm. And from there, they just may tweak or minor little things that they see or that they want it, you know. Sometimes it's not too far off from the vision that he wanted for that character uh, is what I've experienced a lot of times. Very rarely I've just had a director say, you know what, that that works. Um, let's try it this way. And try to move you in a totally different direction. In a totally, totally different direction. Different. Let's just see how it works. And so we just kind of sit with it for a minute. Everybody always says, take your, take your moment. Yeah, because you've so already thought about, about this for yeah. like a week or But if you've prepared your character, then you should be able to say, okay, she's not in this situation. She's in this situation mm. now. How, how does this go? And then, you know, it's just molding. I think it's a collective teamwork, though. Right. And they're yeah. not trying to just tear you down when you get to set. They're mm -hmm. trying to help you through the process, too, and let's create this, this character and this scene together. Right, okay. But so a, lot of, a lot of the people around you, too, when you get to set, they'll kind of tell you how the director is and what they mm -hmm. like. Everyone's going to be different, and the ones that you think are, like, Spike Lee may be mm -hmm. so intimidating, but on set, he's the quietest little he's so thing. quiet. Really? He's really... <laughs> Uh, really quiet mm -hmm. thinking about um, what's going on mm -hmm. and how things and on set you really don't have a lot of time to spend they're they're on a time clock and they have their set times to get things done so they're trying to stay focused as much too yeah not the impression mm -hmm. I would have a spike at all I would have expressions of him really like just very vocal just really kind of if he's like, not getting what he wants <laughs> yes but other times he is quiet and that's most quiet. of them quiet they let their the crew do what they need to do they make some minor changes but you have to remember, before we get to set, they've had meetings of how things are to run. Right. So the camera operator, the DP, the director, everybody is kind of on this. Co they cohesively know what the plan is for the day. And once they mm -hmm. get there, everybody's just executing. Mm -hmm. so. Now, I will have to say that's different for the indie realm. Okay. Um, and we haven't that's really... A good, yeah, that's a good... I would, it I would, is I would, different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We haven't... We're now getting more into doing more indie projects, but we see that you can allow time to sit with your director. Mm -hmm. It may be 30 minutes, maybe an hour, maybe a couple of days before you film. Right. Mm -hmm. um, we have a bit more time with behind-the-scenes crew mm -hmm. than... Uh, the DP talking to you, the camera operator saying, "Let's let's play the angles here." Mm -hmm. It's different. So, um, what's your thoughts on Atlanta? Because this now Atlanta has two different communities. We have mainstream movie community. Yep. We have the indie community. Mm -hmm. Give me what's your thoughts? Just to compare and contrast between the two, and are both growing really strong? There, there are lots of opportunities. Do you see lots of opportunities in both, and are they both exciting areas, and what's the difference between It's it, The indie market is growing vastly because they have more outlets now for your projects to be mm -hmm. in or on. Um, and then what people are shooting on, mm -hmm. the type of camera, it's looking more mainstream okay. instead of you, maybe like a homemade or I'm just a starter. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I think that's what's interesting us too. And then they, their indies are getting picked up. Right. Uh, okay. Wooden Fruitville Station. Mm-hmm. You're like on the Sundance. That had right. gone to Sundance. So there's opportunity um, for even the actors in those movies to be seen too. There's mm-hmm. a lot of actors that are still doing um, SAG projects, mm-hmm. I'll say, on TV. And then there are a lot of them that are still doing indies too. And it's just, I think it helps to keep that person in, in the eye yeah. of the community. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, okay, here they are in something else too. Because you may not always get a network TV show within a couple of months. But, right. oh, here's the movie. Okay, you were in this too. What's this? So you're continually working mm-hmm. and there's you're lots of opportunities to work. And also a lot of those people have then gone on to creating their own stuff. So mm-hmm. they actually get to be in a more creative space. With and just, well, this may take us into the avenue of what we're doing now, but I think doing indie helps you to uh, hone in on skills that in practice, in, in doing the indie and prepare yourself for when you go to network TV or right. film because you can learn how lighting is and uh, you can learn, okay, different angles that we can take, things like that. Right. I think it's, it's like playing and practicing before you hit the A lot screen. of room to experiment and try that you can do in an mm-hmm. indie mm-hmm. realm. But I think, um, going back to your question, Eric, um, I think the industry is making a lane for indie projects. So okay. I think that's why it's growing so much and people are getting more into it. Because they, they can see more like more opportunities, more outlets, more yeah. places to, to showcase my my work, my creativity. And that's just, just encouraging more people to get in and try and write scripts. And mm-hmm. Eventually, Even a lot of film festivals are opening up. Like ABFF has, you know, teams with TV One a lot and mm-hmm. they bring a lot of the shows or the scripts They'll that make they're a lot there. Of mm-hmm. Like she was in a script hasn't aired yet but uh, that a girl won the director won at ABFF and now she made it into a movie they're going to air it on TV one very nice mm-hmm. very very nice all right so let's stay on the director's role because I, th- that I, th- I think I saw on Instagram that you guys are doing something behind the camera or did something or doing something <laughs> tell me about that well we wanted to uh, create more content for us for mm-hmm. one and for twins. Okay. And so we kind of got this idea, and someone just finally told us, well, you're going to have to write it yourself, shoot it, film it, do it all yourself. And so the type of people that we are, we want to know everything. Mm -hmm. So we're getting with people behind the scenes, learning the camera, camera. learning editing. Um, And so we just said, okay, we're going to start from ground zero. We even started in a writing class that took us to creating a short film in that class. So we went through the whole process from beginning to end, and that's kind of what we're following now. Mm-hmm. And trust me, with the script that we have now that's completely finished is not even about uh, We're not even in the script. Okay. But we do have, like, six other projects that we've partially written, um, and, but we keep jumping around. So we took one script, and we said, let's focus on this. We teamed up with a guy actually just talking at the hospital. He... Uh, graduated with, as a film major mm-hmm. and he says I'm just itching to get back into it I said well would you help us film our project but walk us through it we want to know everything there is to directing and looking into the camera and seeing the vision of what we've written and translating that over to the camera and he's helped us through that process That's great. Mm-hmm. then we went and learned how to set up lighting and how to you know even with our audition tapes we learned how to set up the lighting in there and get the camera ready and I told him, when we get to the editing process, take us step by step through. When we were in our class, I know our teacher was 
he was probably like, why are you asking me so many questions? But it's because we wanted to learn. Right. Mm-hmm. And when he dropped the audio in, I said, wait, 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 go back. Why did you cut the audio this way? How did you turn a volume up? How did you, you have to be detailed if you want to learn. Yes. But it really helped us to become more educated for now when we're on set. We know what the other people are going through, like lighting. Right. <laughs> what he's going through, why he's taking so long. You, can, you mm-hmm. understand where you fit in the whole overall process mm-hmm. as opposed to this is just my one little lane. Right. I, I and then you can help because you can get the right angle because you know okay, he's having problems lighting me to my, open up so I right. need to open my you know turn mm-hmm. towards the camera and open myself up very interesting very okay so uh, now that you've seen so you're looking at both sides the creativity of expressing a part of someone else's vision and then being able to step back and learn all the parts necessary to execute your own visions mm-hmm. how do you see this Going into the future, do you see yourself working multiple lanes? Do you see yourself picking a lane, or what? What are you thinking? I feel like I want to. I I feel like we're gonna end up balancing because we have so many stories that we want to tell, mm-hmm. and so being behind the camera helps us tell those stories. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like we're gonna end up in a balancing act still in life, going back and forth, back and forth. Right. Because if you notice now, some of the uh, actors, Regina King. She's now gone over right. into directing. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie Washington mm-hmm. uh, directed, I think, uh, recently. recently here. So I, I think we'll. I, I don't want to choose yeah. one. I, I'd like to continue to do both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I like. It. I think it's exciting to me, primarily because of the words you said about telling stories and having so many stories to tell. And I feel personally like as African Americans. There's so many of our stories that, like, we need storytellers. We need story, story, Mm -hmm. and we need people who will kind of fight for our stories, protect our stories, and tell them with a level of of integrity that I Mm -hmm. think Mm -hmm. has been missing in in our stories. And so um, part of this whole thing in terms of creativity is music, storytelling, like, you know, this some of this is about getting what's in us out and another is you know the good that we can do with the stories that are inside of us so i'm, I'm excited right. we for were it. recently at a little writers uh, they call it a powwow mm-hmm. but so many individuals there told us that they were writers from a very young age like they wrote poems and then they just wrote their wrote their thoughts down, but they didn't have any outlet for it. Mm-hmm. But I think now, especially with the indie realm, yep. we have an outlet. You can, as a writer, you can come to me as an actress and just ask me, hey, I want to, I want my story to be told. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll help you get a team, then, you know, we can shoot this ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. This is awesome, yeah. I, I think that, um, I, I think it's just very exciting in terms of this day and age do you now with the film festivals as as an outlet do you as actresses in the industry what's the perception of something like um youtube is that is that seen as a valid outlet for getting stories out or is it still seen as something kind of very oh. niche <laughs> like Mari yeah. mentioned earlier this is the millennial age <laughs> so so YouTube we even it. watch YouTube shows mm-hmm. I mean because everybody's close to their phone or their computer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's so what think, we have to watch now yeah so I think that's why YouTube is, is a big avenue to go through Instagram is, is growing and mm-hmm. we're learning mm-hmm. that 
there are a lot of things that you can do there. Um, even other websites. There are websites now that, in fact, there's an actor now. He's got a. He started a, a stream, kind of like Netflix, where okay. you can stream. He's going to stream indies, so you can submit your independent projects. Mm. Is a, another avenue for people to see them. That is great. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool that he's allowing that because it's so many out there. Yeah, you think of um, Instagram. You mentioned, and I think of um, Lala Milan. The comedian, oh, right. She's right? on Boomerang. She's, yeah, so to go from, you know, mostly Instagram videos, mm-hmm. and you're getting, like, mm-hmm. millions of followers there, and now she just debuted this week acting on the new Boomerang mm-hmm. series. Like, that's pretty major. Um, and it just is. shows so the power of those, you know, right. of those, mm-hmm. those networks. Too. And for some people, it really works yeah. for them. It really gets them out there. But it's an audience. Right, know? right. Yeah. But there was a, and this is stuck in my head ever since we've moved to Atlanta. And we started an acting class here. And our acting coach told us that, you know, I've been in this industry for years now. And so I'm like, okay, this is hitting home. We've been in it since we were kids. What's going on? You know, why is things so slow? And he said, but the thing about it is you have to realize it's a, this industry is going to be for, you need to look at it as a period of longevity mm-hmm. and a period where you just be patient with it because there are going to be points in your life where as kids, this worked for you. Then as an adult, this is going to work for mm-hmm. you. And then even when we get 50 and 60, we may land more roles than we ever did before right. because we look it now or we sound like that part now. Mm-hmm. And there's an avenue for that right now. Right. So it's just a, you know, my advice to everybody is just be patient with it if you love it. Then continue to do it, get behind the scenes and work with, you know, getting learning things there, creating there, and uh, just wait it out. Right. Because everybody has their time. Everybody has their time. Very good. That's just, <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I appreciate it. All right. So as we're wrapping up, I want to know um, um, what you would be looking forward to. Anything that anyone should be paying attention to in the future that you can talk about or um, any projects that people can be looking out for? Yeah, if Netflix, Snapply Ever After, is, Netflix is streaming that now, so you can see me there. Also, um, You Forget Good Girls is also I was going to say Good oh. Girls. <laughs> uh, I believe it's on Netflix now, too, because everyone is pinging me saying, we saw on you on, yeah, we saw you on Good Girls. I'm like, okay, so they have to be. And I, the second season, I do believe there may be um, a recap of season one that I may be in. Good, they're doing. Um, they're filming a second season of Good Girls. Yes, it's going to air oh, in March. March. Oh 3rd. wow! Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love is. If you didn't catch that, that was on OWN. Monet was in that one. But coming up, there's a Disney movie that Mari's in, and then there's a TV one movie that Monet's in. But I don't know when it's coming out yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what else? And then our film. Our, We're gonna yeah. shoot it out to the uh, festival circuit. See okay. how it goes. This is just practice for us, but mm-hmm. everyone loves the. The content. Can we tell and us what it's about, or is, 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 can that be expressed, explained yet? It's a thriller. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I we put it into the category of thriller. Thriller, <laughs> suspense, <laughs> which is way <laughs> off, uh, but hey, that's our creative side. Very, very nice. no, <laughs> but then more uh, twin content, we're going to focus more on that. Okay. Yeah, and building our brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. Um, so, as we wrap up, tell people where they can find you, where they can, social media, where they can stay abreast of what's going on, where's the best place to keep in touch with you. So, we are on Instagram at meetmactwins, 
and that's M-E-E-T-M-A-C, twins. And we're also on, uh, what else, Facebook, but we kind of keep that personal. Uh, right. So the main thing is Instagram, Instagram. and we're coming up, going to have our website up soon. Mm-hmm. And what else? Yeah. Oh, you can if you want to see a list of what we've been in, you can check IMDb, which mm-hmm. is where most actors uh, will have their photos and the list of the, their body of work, mm-hmm. and that's just under our names: Monet A. Chandler and Marie A. Chandler. Mm-hmm. Very nice. All right. Well, this has been a pleasure talking to both of you. Hey, very, you too. very eye-opening. Um, so this is uh, we're going to wrap up for the Create Show. Um, we're doing these episodes now about every other week. So in two weeks, we'll be back here with um, another guest. In the meanwhile, um, you can check us out at thecreateshow.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. Um, you can check me out personally on Instagram at Eric Makes Music which is also my Twitter handle. Um, There's also a The Create Show handle on Twitter. So you can find us uh, everywhere. Just If you have any um, questions about your own creativity, things that you want us to ask or address in future episodes, then uh, send me a comment on any of those networks or send me an email to thecreateshow at gmail.com. And I'd love to uh, address some of those questions and future things. Thank you both, ladies. Maurier. Oh, thank you. Let's see if I got it's it. Maurier and Monet. Yes, you had it. Right. We're good. You had it right. Um, thank you for coming in here. It's been a great conversation. Oh, and, uh, I love it. Great question. Right thank now. you. All right. We look forward to talking to you later. And I uh, look forward to t- talking to you all later here at the Create Show. Thanks, and uh, have a good one. Stay creative. Bye.